The stories of some of the world's greatest women unfold here. I'm Annette Comer, your host, and each week, the untold secrets of success, strength, and boldness of today's powerful women are revealed. This woman was moved toward greatness by a three-year-old who wanted to have a birthday party. This intuitive love coach and matchmaker already had a mission that was important and fulfilling. But when she realized her daughter did not have what she needed to feel special and accepted, she became a mom on a mission. Why had it taken so long to address the need of a three-year-old, she wondered to herself. And it was in this question that she found a strong desire to not only impact her child, but all the children to follow. The path to greatness had begun. It is my pleasure to introduce you to Dr. Cassandra Henriquez, a.k.a. Coach Cass. Hi, Coach Cass. Thank you for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me, Annette. Wow, like that was an amazing intro. <laughs> I, I I just want to say thank you for, for the honor of, of being here to share my story behind the story. So I'm, I'm ready to go deep, girl. All No questions off limits. Ready. Okay, here we go then. So without delay, let's jump on in to revealing your journey to greatness. Your journey started with something as simple as you shopping for a birthday set that featured a black princess, which you didn't find. But your daughter didn't really want a black party set, but instead wanted the party set showing the white princess. How did this move you to being a mom on a mission? Um, now, Annette, that, that was tough. I showed my daughter the character and she said, mommy, I don't want that one. I want the other one. I want the white one. And it brought me to tears because my family is uh, multicultural, multiracial, my friends. I said, well, why would she want to be something other than what she is? And it took me back to that test, you know, the 1960s test of the black doll versus the white doll and all the kids choosing the white doll is better, prettier, smarter. I really don't think it was because their parents told them that, but because it was missing in main stream. So how this led to me being a mom on a mission, I just, I just started to become aware of the messages being sent to my daughter. So when we went to the doctor's office, they would hand her a sticker with a princess and say, baby, this is my favorite princess and you did so well today. But that princess never looked like her. Annette. And then when I turned on the television for all the streaming services, the, there was only one main character, Black Princess, just one. And just there's thousands of cartoons out there. So for me, I just said, wow, there is no little Black Princess that was born of royalty that's around six years old. And so for me, I became a mom on a mission. If it's to be it's up to me and I got to do this for my baby. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, boy, I can feel that passion. So you, you took this a step further. You recently wrote a children's book titled Princess Zara's Birthday Tradition. Mm-hmm. And in this book, the princess is black. Mm-hmm. And this book features only the second black child to be shown as a princess. Yet I know there are at least 17 white princess characters out there. So why is it so important for you, and in fact, all of society, to address this tremendous imbalance? It's tough, right? And with everything going on in our country and in our world, it's heightened. So I I wrote this book before George Floyd, and it hit number one on Amazon in three days, which is a big deal for me. And from then, more people care. Before they... 
they didn't care that much, right? Oh, that's great that you want to do a princess. All right. But now folks are starting to see like, hey, yeah, when I look on my bookshelf, you're right. I don't have any Black main characters or wow, I didn't even realize, you know, it's a new awareness. So for me, it's, it's bringing awareness to folks that we need to be more inclusive and have more diversity on our bookshelves. So just like I can have Elsa and Anna and all the other princesses. Zara has a place right beside them. And to be able to uplift Black children um, in society through this character makes it easy. It makes it simple. And it starts early. And and that impacts, I think, when you and I had talked prior to this uh, interview, you and I had chatted a little bit about that and about how that shapes their self-esteem and self-worth. Right. For the rest yeah. of their life. This this early, right? So the, the beginner years from zero to six is when you really become who you are. So just imagine when it's normal to see a little Black girl as a princess or a little Black boy as a prince, to be able to see the royalty. Because when we look in the school system of how uh, we're first introduced to the history of Black people, it's usually slavery, right? And And when I think about it, like, that's not the best place to start about my history, right? So when we start to have fictional characters that show you, hey, I can be royalty just like you, it equals the playing field. And it allows us to realize that we're all human and we all have huge possibilities. Yeah, that is so true. So true. So well said. So as you grew into a young woman, you yourself realized that no one looked like you in the books or on TV. Mm-hmm. But this changed for you when the TV characters of Tia and Tamara came on the scene, which were yes. two Blacks. Mm-hmm. They looked like you. Yep. So how did this shape you into the woman you are today? Um, so, Annette, I have curly hair. and A lot of curly hair. Yes. Thank you. I didn't necessarily embrace my curly hair, right? Because when you watch TV, the hair was always straight. Right. And I would see black and I would see white, but I'd never see like the in between, which is kind of where I fit. And Tia Tamara, when they came on the scene, ah, literally everything they did, I did. When they cut their hair, I cut my hair. When they straightened their hair, I straightened my hair. When they curled their hair, I curled my hair. So looking back now, I see that creating representation is essential and it changes things. So with Princess Zara, I have people tagging me and messaging me on Instagram saying, wow, you know, my baby, she was the only chocolate chip in her class and she didn't feel that great about herself. But then she got this book and now she's saying, I'm a princess too. Just think about it for Halloween, right? There's not that many options. When people want to dress up, really where I want to get to, Annette, is to the place where all children will want to be princess are. Like that's when I know I have arrived. You know, like right. okay, I am I'm definitely equaling it out because right now it's normal for folks to have a Elsa party, whether you're black or white. Oh yay, Elsa, put the blonde ponytail. But what about Princess Zara? I'm telling you, girl. Well, and then, you know, we were growing up and talking about Halloween, you know, uh, Snow White was the one that you would dress up as. And, and you know, man, that's cat, a creepy storyline. And all those kind of, yeah. Right, My yeah. daughter was just reading that book today. I was like, ooh, that, that's, that's dark, isn't it? Storyline. That's, that's a whole nother <laughs> podcast episode. But 
Princess Zara, you know, she doesn't marry anybody. She's only six and she is royalty without anyone else. You know, (laughs) I love it. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. conversation, you told me that one of the secrets to success has been that you have always viewed your place in society, not as a person of color, but as a person ready and open for opportunity. Mm -hmm. So tell those listening and watching what this means to you and how this attitude developed. Okay. So my family's Jamaican, right? And so being immigrants coming here this is the land of opportunity. So my mom always told me that I can be anything that I put my mind to. And she always supported me. There's something about having a supportive parent. It's like, mom, I'm thinking about doing this. That's great, girl. You know, and there was never a undercurrent of, well, because you're black, maybe you should blank. Like my mom didn't raise me as such, right? So yes, you're a black woman, but that was never the conversation that we had at the dinner table. It was always, what do you want to do and how are we going to make it happen? My mom is just that that personality type. So I think I inherited that. I even have friends, clients, family that say, When they want to do something, they think, what would Coach Cass do? You know, it's just get it done. So I have a get it done attitude. So no matter what. So I had never written a children's book before. I had never written a book before. Most people would have thought I would have written a relationship book first, but (laughs) I was was pressed. It was my mission. It was my vision. And it was necessary for me to do this children's book. So I did my children's book. Never wrote a children's book before. Hit number one, right? And then now a birthday party set. Things I've never done before, but in my mind is if it's teachable, it's doable, right? So if someone's done it before, I can do it too. Yeah. And and wasn't that a beautiful gift that your mom gave to you. Yeah. And, and for those of you listening that are parents, you know, especially in that one to six year frame, when they are forming their subconscious and their identity, boy, what we say to them is so important, isn't it? Coach mm-hmm. Cass? It's building, building their self-esteem. So I was just, I, I read this all the time. This is all the time. And one of the biggest things is um, if they can help seeking ways that they can help you right? So the book is about tradition and helping the family to spread love so that they have a place and they have a purpose, um, helps them to have a higher self-esteem to grow up to be a better adjusted adult. You know, that's pretty much what we all want is a a beautiful global citizen that gives back. Well, at least that's what I want. A global citizen that gives back and and does more on this earth while they're here. Yes. And that because it it is an important journey, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it really is. So, you have been a successful love coach and we're fine on that path. But now this mom on a mission aspect is taking you in a different direction. Ooh. Now this often happens to highly driven women. I've seen it many times. So my question to you is how are you navigating this change? Oh man, it's it's tough. You know, my husband looks at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> He's like, what? are you doing? <laughs> like you have a whole community of women that you're supporting in their love journey, self-love, attracting love, thriving in love. And then now a whole conglomerate, e-commerce, cartoon, everything. Um, for me, it's if and, 
right? So it's, it's, it's really the and. Where can I fit it and versus saying instead of? So at the end of the day, everything I do is around love. And her, her mission, Princess Zara's mission, is to spread love. So to me, it's all in the undercurrent of who I am. So as long as the mission is in line with who I am, there's no conflict in what I do. Um, now, in terms of time, it does consume a lot more time. And I have cut back on a few things in terms of other aspects of other businesses. But it's for a season. I, I really right, right. everything is for a season. So for right now, I'm seeking to get this to a certain place, which is number one cartoon in the nation. That's the prayer, right? So to get it there. And then I'm pretty sure there'll be another thing. <laughs> because... There's always another thing <laughs> to do for me. And then I'm really seeking to learn how to celebrate. So we were in Women's Day in September and October of 2020. And one of the, the coolest things is I was pushed to celebrate. So because it was during COVID times, I did a, a Zoom party, invited all of my supporters and the writers and the people. And we did a little dance and a little jig and an update. And it felt good. So I'm still learning to celebrate the steps along the path. So let's hold that for a second there, because there's a point that I want to drive home to those that are listening and watching, and that we as driven women do a really poor job of celebrating. Do you agree with that? Yes. Yeah. And I applaud you for not only celebrating in terms of recognizing that you needed to, but that you celebrate it with others. Because often what we will do as women, especially driven women, we will say, oh, I accomplished that. And you may have a glass of wine that night and toast to your husband, or you may go out and get a massage, which is all great. Okay. But you brought others in and said, celebrate with me. This is, and you marked it as something special. And I applaud you for that. And and I hope you'll do more of it because like you said, it felt pretty good, didn't it? I'm, I'm working on it. I'm like, what else can we do? <laughs> <laughs> what else can I, I celebrate, right? <laughs> Celebration ideas. Because before I'd get on like a, a plane and a trip and all that stuff. And since right. COVID, um, a little bit limited there. Yeah. And, you know, I can take this to heart myself because I am one of those women I just described to you. I will, I will finish something and be so pleased that I finished it. But instead of relishing it, I'll give it a very short pat on the back and then I'm off running to the next one. That's kind of a shame, mm-hmm. isn't it? We take it away is. some of the joy of our, our journey by it doing that. Is, it's because a to-do list is so long, right? As, as a woman with vision and driven and passion, the, the to-do list is, is really, really long. It's like, all right, I did that. Now, what was the next thing? Part right. of you is just like, okay, let's right. get it. Right. Right. And, and as we come together as driven women, we need to call each other on that, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yes. We need to create a community of celebration for sure. So Coach Cass, is there anything about your journey to greatness that we haven't covered that you'd like to share with other women? I would say to take a moment to grieve some of the process. Sometimes I personally know, I remember I got news along this book journey that that set me back. And I personally made sure to take a day to cry, to grieve, 
to be sad because sometimes we could just roll with it. All right. Okay. That didn't work out. That wasn't for me. All right. God knows me next time. And, and so often we just roll over the emotion that we don't deal with it. We don't hold the space to say, well, how am I feeling in this moment? How does this serve me? What does this represent? And what will I do moving forward with it now that I know this? right? How am I going to let this impact who I am, my self-worth? Because sometimes these um, hurdles etch away at how we feel about ourselves. Am I enough? Can I do this? Am I really the one? So having the system in place and the circle in place to support you is huge. So I allowed myself to cry, dust myself on, and get back up again. Okay. Well, and, and that is that is brilliant advice, because when we roll over it, it becomes something that's buried down, that we never voice, we never express any of that. And again, we like to appear that we're tough, nothing phases us, that kind of thing. And, and you don't have to get out on Facebook and cry, but you can go into your bedroom and have moments of solitude. Mm-hmm. I go out on my back deck, kick the flower pot, so... <laughs> Like you too. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> That's a problem sometimes. So. <laughs> Coach Cass, thank you so much for being with me today. I really appreciate it. And Cassandra is another great example of how women are challenging the norm, making things happen, and demanding their own greatness. So join me next time on the World's Greatest Women Show as another powerful woman's story unfolds. Mm-hmm. 